I'm Lauren. Hello, I'm Sarah. And welcome to Montalino Mama. Welcome back to another episode of Multilingual Mamas. Uh, today, we have with us another multilingual dad, our second one in this series so far, Jason Lee. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> Jason grew up bilingual, so we're hoping he'll be able to reflect on his upbringing and how that affects the decisions he made as a father, right? Certainly, definitely. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. So. First, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the languages you speak and when you learned them? Uh, so growing up, my parents uh, are both Koreans, uh, first generation uh, immigrants to the United States. I, I was born in Korea, uh, but I came to the States when I was just six months old. So when my family first immigrated, obviously, not, you know, no one could speak English at that time. And my parents, you know, with Korean just being their primary language, uh, you know, they got by somehow, you know, it's just very minimal English going out, you know, to get groceries or whatever if they needed to. But other than that, you know, in California, where we were at, uh, there was a very, like, large, like, Korean community. So, you know, even if you didn't speak it, you could still kind of get around, you know, and, and do what you needed to do. But like for me personally, growing up, my parents always, um, you know, it was important for, for me to be able to, to speak the language. The main point being was for that was, you know, obviously for our, our communication sake, you know, like that we could talk because, you know, they, they didn't speak English at the time. And, and not only for my me being able to communicate with my parents, but with also like any of my immediate family, you know, um, who, who all spoke Korean only. So um, it was just kind of a, a necessity thing, as well as a cultural and, you know, it's only language that we knew. Um, but so coming up in the Korean language, I spoke it at home. Uh, we went to church. So, we, we, you know, with that Korean community at church, you know, I was speaking it there. Um, I was first introduced to English only in kindergarten. And uh, I went to a, a public school. By this time, we had moved to Georgia. And so um, it was just a, a regular public school in Georgia. Um, and not having any kind of English in my in my background, um, my parents were very concerned and worried. But they just thought, you know, let's see what happens, you know. And back then, there wasn't like ESL classes and stuff like that. So I went into kindergarten, literally, like probably just saying, knowing how to say yes and no. Yeah. But just like all kids, even at that age, at around five or six, through just immersion, just being there, listening to my classmates, my, my teachers, I picked it up pretty quickly. Um, and then soon after that, I would bring that English back at home. And then like my parents would kind of like, you know, pick up from, from me. And then, you know, as I got older, um, my English started to dominate at the house, like my what I was trying to speak. speak. Now, my parents would still could speak to me in Korean. But it would start at this point kind of mixed up. We, we would like in some Korean people would call it like Konglish, which is like Korean and English mixed together kind of. But we would have like, you know, times where that was going on where, you know, it would kind of evolve into that. But like even at our church, you know, they always made it a point like it's important to learn and, and like know your language, like where you came from. So they would have like Korean language schools on the weekends. It was a free thing for the church members or anyone in the community that for that matter. Like coming up to this point now, like, you know, my English is definitely better than my Korean. Stella and I both. So when it came down to, to actually thinking about what we're going to do for Geo, um, we, we had discussed, you know, are we going to do the Korean only or English and Korean? Because Stella knows Spanish, will we incorporate that as well? You know, and we had a lot of things that we we're thinking about. But we Jason, eventually... sorry that I interrupt you. No, no, go Can ahead. You tell, us, tell us about Stella. Stella's your wife. What, what languages does she speak? 
So Stella is um, uh, also uh, Korean. Uh, her, both of her parents are from Korea and very similar uh, upbringing as myself. Stella also has an, an aunt, her, her dad's side aunt that lived with their family their whole, even until now, like she's like lived with them. And so she was another person in the family that was like also a Korean speaker. So for Stella, I think she got even more exposure, like having almost like three parents, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but her her Korean is actually probably better than mine, like when you speak, when she speaks it and stuff. But I would have to say, yeah, so growing up for her speaking Korean only at home. And then I think the same way, probably at school is when she was first probably introduced to it. And then like she also went to like a Korean church where I think for both of us, I that Korean community at church was really like beneficial. Our, our schools and stuff, you know, we wouldn't see a lot of Korean kids, like maybe maybe mm-hmm. just one or two at, at the most in the whole school, you know. So the communities were kind of small outside of our church, you know. So that church always kind of gave us the culture, the food, that, you know, the language. And so it was a really big part of uh, both of us uh, growing up. And then Stella learned Spanish at in high school, so- college. Yeah, so for her, I believe she um, started like just as a foreign language in high school and just just kind of fell in love with it. And so she continued it through college and then obviously uh, graduate school as well. And then can you describe your son a little bit, how old he is, what languages he currently speaks? So our son Gio is three. He'll be um, four this year and he speaks primarily uh, Korean, but I want to say Stella and I actually speak to each other often in English in front of him also. So he hears a lot of English, so he understands a lot of English as well. In fact, I feel like he understands everything, but he's more comfortable speaking Korean. Awesome. And can you talk a little bit more about the language practices you guys try to implement in your household? You know, what other family members Gio is regularly around, but what are you trying to provide for him? So as far as for the Korean, we know for like, we're not even worried about the English because like, like I know that it'll just come, you know, once, once he's in school. And in fact, he's already kind of showing it now, but with the Korean, um, it's mainly just actual speaking it with him. And then um, we have some books in Korean. Uh, We also, I would say we primarily read more in English and that's only because (laughs) Stella and I's Korean, we can read and write Korean, but our English is definitely more fluent and like we're more comfortable and so during those English language books, we'll still have conversations in Korean. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, he's exposed to like uh, different kinds of videos. Uh, sometimes we'll let him watch stuff like um, kids programming. Uh, there's some like stuff on like, Amazon. Uh, you can actually change the, the, the dubbing language. And so um, mm-hmm. we, we actually switch it up from Korean. Sometimes we put some Spanish on there so you can hear that. We've had them exposed to like Chinese, you know, like, I mean, like, like Mandarin or, you know, Cantonese, you know, all these different kinds of languages just for him to hear it. So, but the Korean, uh, mostly those are mo- those ways I just kind of shared with you about. And then, oh, my, my parents. Yes. Yeah, so my parents live about 45 minutes from us here. They live in uh, Madison. And so uh, we visit them probably about once every couple of weeks. And so they've been the only like actual human contact that we've had on the regular throughout this whole mm-hmm. uh, pandemic. And then Stella's parents, they live in uh, Georgia. And throughout this whole process, they've, I think we've gotten to see them maybe a couple of times, but uh, not as, as often. But with them, you know, he obviously speaks to them in Korean. And he's not in daycare yet of any sort? No, nothing like that. Yeah. Awesome. That's a great way to maintain that Korean right there. No, no, for sure. And like, you know, um, I've noticed with him too, when he hears English these days, he'll often sometimes ask me like, hey, 
how do you say that in Korean? So he's already like code switching and kind of compartmentalizing those languages, you know, in his brain, or he's probably already been doing that for a while, but uh, he's being able to be uh, vocalize it, you know, now. That's awesome. So besides books and TV, do you uh, have any games or other things that you do with him that would be Korean or English? We, I mean, especially with the pandemic, you know, we're, yeah. we're just at home, you know, all the time. So um, we have to kind of keep things fresh, right? You guys know how it is um, <laughs> with, with kids our age. Yeah, so I, I try to, like, um, you know, incorporate some art, you know, into stuff that we do, um, music. Like, I, I play a little guitar, so we'll, like, you know, sing songs or something like that. Um, you know, but even, like, just going outside every day, just kind of getting a little physical movement. And during that time, sometimes while we're I – I can't say there's, like, a specific game that I, I know about with, as far as language games or something like that. But just, like, you know, if, even if we're outside running around kicking a ball, you know, we're always just, you know, just talking and you know, interacting in Korean. Uh, but it's funny is because all of our neighbors – we live in, like, a little condominium complex. And everyone else is English-speaking. And nowadays, when Gio's walking around and everyone's saying hi to him in English – before he wouldn't respond, he'd be kind of shy about it. But these days, he's responding in English, even asking them a follow-up question like, "How are you?" You know. <laughs> so it's, it's been fun to kind of watch his language evolve and where his comfort levels start to kind of develop as well. Is there uh, anything in the community? Is there like that a Korean church or community language school around here that you guys use? No, uh, we haven't done anything like that. Um, in fact, I don't think there's anything that we know of here in Winston. Um, I know in Greensboro, it's a lot more diverse there in general, but um, there was a Korean language program. I think it's more for like older, maybe like grade school and up. I don't, I don't think, I don't think they serve kids as young as, as ours, but, but yeah, so um, yeah, nothing like that uh, as far as any kind of programs yet, but uh, yeah, just kind of like stuff online mostly um, and then any kind of books and resources that way that we can find. Well, it's that you and Stella have a really positive attitude towards bilingualism, but sometimes we, mm -hmm. after talking to some people that kids mm -hmm. stage or sometimes they don't want to talk in one language or they feel shy. Yes. I know right now my son is, uh, he doesn't want to speak English. He feels really insecure. Mm -hmm. You've seen that behavior in Gio and how, how he feels about his bilingualism. Is it a positive attitude? What have you noticed? Well, I think for right now, like, it's kind of like all he knows, right? Like, I mean, that's kind of the way he kind of grew up. But I, I noticed, like, so right right now, he seems like he was kind of like getting a little bit more comfortable with both. So I think he's feeling a little bit more confident about it. But I remember in the past, like, even let's say, uh, sorry, we went to your uh, Lucas's you know birthday a while back or something like that. Right. And back then, like, he was not speaking any kind of uh, English at all. So I remember, like, him kind of expressing, like, um, you know, a little bit more like intimidation with being amongst his peers when they're kind of saying some stuff to him and he doesn't understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, but but now I feel like when kids or anybody's talking to him in English, he definitely understands it. Even if he might not be able to fully uh, verbally respond, he, he knows what's going on. So, and I've caught, Stella and I <laughs> have caught him, like we would say something talking to each other in English, thinking like he's not understanding. But immediately he he would ask a question like in, in Korean like blah, 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 like completely related to it. We're like oh my gosh like he completely <laughs> knows exactly what we're talking about you know so yeah so it's been kind of kind of neat to see that kind of happen as well. Very cool. And does he verbalize at all like you know 
grandma and grandpa speak Korean. These people speak English and he knows, you know, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 definitely. And like sometimes if Stella's on the phone with someone who and she's speaking in Spanish, you know, he'll say something about it, you know, like, oh, yeah, mom. But like, it's funny because like with Spanish, like Stella, like even when he was a, a baby, like we didn't do the full Spanish like we were like with the Korean. But I don't know. I don't know if it was because of like not as much exposure, but he was kind of like reluctant almost to learn it. Like even we, when we would actually try to tell him stuff. But then recently he's been more open to Spanish as well. So when I say something like, you know, we'll see you later, you know, hasta luego. And then like he will you know, kind of join in before he would just refuse <laughs> for, for whatever reason. Like he was like anti, like he, he didn't want to do it. Sorry, I know, I know what you're talking about with that too, but I don't know. Like, I think with, with the kids, I feel like there's always a reason why that I, I don't have any question or doubt that they're able to learn all these languages because I think the biggest fault for parents that we could do or a disservice that we could do for our kids is just to, to, to kind of think like, oh man, they're too young. Like they can't handle this or right. they, they're not going to be able to figure they don't. They, they're just too young for this right now. Let's wait till later. I mean, honestly, I, I really feel like you're doing, uh, you know, your kid as a service, you know, like with anything for that matter. I mean, I think any kind of exposure a kid can get, like, you guys know every single day, our kids just like blow our minds. They're, they're like, oh my gosh, how do you know that? You know, it, so it's just like, I really need to like, you know, just keep encouraging them, you know, and like, you know, I think they'll all come to a place, hopefully, where they feel a lot more comfortable. But for us, like with Chio's Korean, we always want to make sure he, he doesn't forget because in my generation of my friends who are Korean, who grew up in Korean households, I would say maybe less than half speak Korean, like, like on a fluent basis. And, mm -hmm. and then I would say even less than that of those people, of my friends who have kids, they don't even do bilingual language. It's all, it's, it's all English from here on out. And yeah. so like, uh, like, I feel kind of sad about that because I feel like, oh my gosh, you know, like, but I feel like our generation too, my parents' generation, they have to have that language in order to survive. But with us being bilingual ourselves, like Stella and me, we don't have to have that, you know? And so like, we can be just strictly English and be fine. And if, if Gio ends up with somebody who's a, a completely English speaking family or something, we wouldn't have any issues with that. But like with Stella and my, my, you know, our generation, like our parents really wanted us to be like married to another Korean person or, you know what I mean? Just, I think the culture and the language is, a, is such a big part of it, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize how common that is for a language to just be lost yeah. within a generation. Definitely, definitely. And I think definitely. you have a, you have a different perspective than I do personally, because I'm a first generation. So I think it's, uh, it's really mm. interesting to hear you say those things, because those are things that I think and are very important to me. And we've, review books and we've talked mm -hmm. to people and first generation is just like a necessity for me because you know like what am I gonna mm -hmm. get in like I don't have another option because I didn't grow up bilingual but you did definitely and those two languages you chose this one because it's important to you so it's it's good to hear that and definitely personal choice of course so no no definitely what has been the most surprising thing about raising a bilingual child if anything I think is Honestly, just the fact that they can process so much, you know what I mean? Like the information. I think before we had him, like I would look at other kids and like, you know, when, when we lived in Spain for that one year, I would see kids walking down the street speaking fluent Spanish. Of course, that's, you know, what they spoke at home. But <laughs> me as a non-Spanish speaker and knowing how difficult learning that language is, you know, seeing a little kid do it, I'm like, oh, oh my God, it's amazing. And you guys know like the... <laughs> She was at this point right now where he's at the Y stage. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. it's like, 
why this, why that, why on top of the why, you know what I mean? Like you're just <laughs> answering questions nonstop, but it's like, it's, 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 it's you know, it's, 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 it's an amazing, it's a blessing to have a kid in the first place. And then like, you know, you're in charge and responsible for this kid's, you know, upbringing, you know, you're, you're trying to help him to be a good human being, you know, and equip him with whatever you can. So I feel like what you guys are doing, even in this podcast is so important because this is something that's really dear to me, you know, just like you saw what you guys were saying earlier about that. And I, I really feel like, you know, you, language is such a big part of your, of, of who you are, you know, as a, as a person and your culture and where you're from. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it can feel so isolating sometimes, especially now that we're all separated. And I feel like for some people, the pandemic has been a blessing in disguise because yeah. uh, they yeah. are at home and they get to spend more time with you. It helps with the linguistic proficiency, right? That like, they really help Definitely. That constant input in that language, but it's also very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So if anything, we just wanted to share that experience with everybody. So um, just changing a little bit, but going on a lighter note. Um, so you said that Gio um, speaks both languages, uh, that now he's feeling more confident with English, that he's mm-hmm. it more. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a, like an instance where he's like co-switch or switch languages that work mm-hmm. for me, or maybe he's misunderstood something because of the bilingualism part of it? No, no, definitely. So um, Stella and I recently you know, with, this is, we're, I'm not going to get into the politics, but we were just talking, you know, her and I were having conversation. Chia was, you know, nearby. We didn't think he was listening. And I think Stella <laughs> said something like, oh man, you know, Trump, Trump has to go. Like, that's what she said. Trump has to go. And then Gio all of a sudden next to us just pipes up and he's like, Trump, Odiga. and that means in Korean, where's Trump going? <laughs> <laughs> And I was, oh, we we're like, oh, you know, you know, his term is over, you know, he's, he's, he's leaving, you know, you know, but, but like, and so he'll, he'll, he's definitely code switching in that sense. And then like, even the way Stone and I speak to each other in, in Korean or in English, we also do a lot of like, you know, like we'll incorporate a lot of, a lot of English into our, our, our Korean sometimes. And so obviously she will, she will model that. So he'll say stuff like something in Korean, like, oh, you go head to day, right? Mom, right? And so everything else is in Korean, but the word right, like when, when he's trying to emphasize something like right, mom, right, that'll kind of pop up in the middle. He's been asking a lot about like certain words. If like something comes up in our conversation, he'll ask me like, what is that in Korean? Like, um, and then I'll tell him. And then sometimes like, you know, I'll bring it up to him. I'll say, hey, you know, Gio, what, 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 how do you say this in, in Korean? And, and he'll be able to, to say it or, or vice versa. Like if I say something in Korean, I can ask him in English and he'll be able to tell me and um, I, I would say honestly even like Stella and I's Korean during this whole time that we've been talking to Gio has actually made our Korean better better as well <laughs> yeah you know so uh, that's been really nice like just be able to to speak that and uh, get better ourselves but yeah mm-hmm. have you guys thought about teaching him to read and write in Korean at all yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, so like on our um, on our wall, uh, um, I can show you a picture of it. I, I, I can send you a photo of it later if you guys want. But I've it's seen like it, a, I've um, seen it. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, you've seen it. So yeah, it's like a Korean alphabet on there, and then they have like they're like huge posters, but um, and then they have like different vocabulary words with like vegetable pictures and fruits and stuff like that. But yeah, other than that, there's not like we you know just the books and you know things like that. So. Awesome. So we always kind of summarize with just if you have any, 
you know, concluding thoughts or any advice for other parents in a similar situation? I mean, I would say definitely do it. Like, I mean, I would say, I mean, because every, obviously every family is kind of in a different kind of, you know, position and where they want to kind of, where they're headed, you know, with that. But I would say if you have it, or if your if your family, you know, is, is, uh, you know, non-English speaking and, and you can incorporate that or bring that in, I mean, I would say by all means do it. Um, for us, obviously, you know, there was a lot of like necessity to learn the language, you know, being able to communicate with our, our family members. But even if we didn't have that, I feel like it's so important um, just because I think even studies have shown, you know, kids who are learning multiple languages, it does a lot of good for them, you know, their brains, you know, the way that they develop. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the, you know, being able to have the resources these days. Also, it's like, I mean, it's at the tip of your fingers, you know, you, you can learn languages just from looking at, you know, your computer or whatever. Obviously, it's not always the same, but there's always resources out there. So, but I, I would, I would definitely encourage everyone to do it if you can, or if you're able to. And even if um you don't have non, you know, if, if, you, if you don't have another language in your family, you know, there's always other opportunities, right? Like with different kind of teachers and tutors and things like that too. But I mean, if it's always, if it's already within your family, like I would say definitely go for it, you know? So do you have for, let's say, parents who have a Korean background and they want to teach Korean mm-hmm. to their children, specific to, to that language that you work Okay. With? Well, like, I guess one of the big things for Stellan and me uh, was that our Korean wasn't that great to begin with, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're fluent enough where we can communicate, we can read and write, but that, so that was really discouraging to us. We're like, man, how are we going to teach our kid when we ourselves aren't like experts in the language, you know, but as you speak to them, like, at, you know, you're teaching them what you know, and you're learning together, you know, but I mean, I feel like any kind of, uh, that kind of language exposure and experience a child can have, I mean, I, I can only see the benefits from that. I'm curious, just because you were raised bilingually, is there anything specific that you take away from how your parents did things that you definitely want to do or you definitely don't want to do? Like as far as for language-wise? Yeah, like whether it's language practices or, you know, discipline around the languages, any rules Mm -hmm. they had or expectations? I think like my parents... um, when I started school and like the English language started dominating at the house, you know, and I, I, I think for them, like, I, I remember them still like obviously trying to encourage me to speak Korean as much as possible. But then, you know, once I got around my friends, it was like, you know, all, all English at that point. But I, I do feel like just being able to um, like have that was, was important. But I, I think for us personally, when I think about it with, with Stella and with like with Gio specifically like even when he's in school and I want at home I want to still have that Korean language within our home like he can speak it with his friends on the phone or if he's outside playing with one of his buddies that's not a problem obviously but at home I, w- I would this is just me thinking now I, I don't know probably things might change you know who knows but I, ideally I would like to keep that language you know for us to be able to continue to speak it with him and then, you know, with the grandparents and every, you know, everything as well. And so hopefully, my hope is that he'll have it as he grows up and hopefully his, you know, he'll have that appreciation for the language and the career, you know, with, the, with that kind of exposure. Awesome. Is there anything that you wanted to say that we didn't ask you about? I, I want to say thank you for, you know, having me on. Um, and, I, and I really appreciate the topic you guys are talking about. I think this is very important.
Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Jason. And we'll see you all next time. Hasta luego. Ciao. ever have questions for us or questions about the podcast, go to home and our website at www.multilingualmamaspodcast.com and click on the link for questions. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and stay tuned for another episode of Multilingual Mamas.